Welcome to After Dark with Rob and Andrew on America Out Loud, which is available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, or head on over to americaoutloud.com where you can click the Listen Live tab for 24-7 talk radio. And while you're there, please check out the articles and podcasts, which are updated daily, and please share those on social media. We always appreciate that. As I always say, we are censored here on America Out Loud the same way that so many of you other conservatives have been censored throughout the years from some of these social media companies, including Rob and I, who've just recently gotten censored off of YouTube. Our YouTube account that we've had open for um, at least two or three years was recently shut down. We haven't even used our YouTube account recently. But apparently we're saying some important things on that account because YouTube thought it was in their right to go ahead and shut the account down. Just goes to show you the kind of censorship that we're dealing with. And we know a lot of you listeners have had to deal with it as well. And it gets so frustrating. And we've seen Elon Musk pull out of his Twitter agreement. And for me personally, I just kind of hope that app uh, fails from this point forward and goes away and is replaced by something better. But moving on, we've got a big show tonight. We're going to bring on Pastor Sam Jones. Hopefully, if his schedule allows, he'll be joining us tonight to talk about this recent Supreme Court ruling on abortion and give us his thoughts from a religious perspective of what he thought and what we've seen with Brett Kavanaugh and the justices threatened. At first, it seemed like Clarence Thomas was taking a majority of the wrath from the liberal media and the Democrats on social media, uh, attacking him, calling him all kinds of racist names. And now we've seen the outrage shift over to uh, Brett Kavanaugh. Of course, recently he was eating steak at the steakhouse and the protesters showed up and tried to ruin his meal. Uh, Luckily, the steakhouse let him sneak out the back door before things got out of control. As Rob mentioned earlier this week, we've literally got people paying others to report on the status of Amy Coney Barrett or Justice Brett Kavanaugh. If they're seen in public, these people, if they tweet out their location and it's verified, that's where they were. They're paid like $200. And we know for a lot of these Democrats who don't work for a living, $200 is a lot of money. So we've got a lot to talk about tonight. Uh, Rob, how are you doing tonight? Andrew, I'm doing good. And your opening was spot on everything that you said. And we usually open up and I usually tell, I'm usually complimenting you telling you that your opening is spot on. But you Thank mentioned you. a couple of things that I have forgotten completely about some things that we had been talking about texting each other backwards and forward. And that's us being censored on YouTube We're kicked off our account was closed. And it's, it's interesting as to how it happened, because first, as you guys know, we mentioned to you that we were on Twitter. And we were doing a live broadcast on Periscope. We had quite a, a nice following. And our message apparently was resonating. And whenever your message is resonating, people don't like it and they go after you. I was careful as to what I would say on Twitter because I knew that people were you know, watching. And shortly after Jan 6, that's when it hit the fan and I got kicked off. And I didn't even realize it. Andrew noticed that he was kicked off first. And then he asked me, and I'm like, no, I still have my account. Well, as soon as I said that, they kicked me off. But at the same time, they said, if you feel that this was an error, you know, please let us know. So I did. I, you know, did the necessary work or what they said we had to do to appeal it. 
then about a week or so later, they said, oh, your account is uh, back up, you know, follow this link and you can get on. I'm like, wow, really? So I followed the link, nothing happened. I was still like off. So I'm like, eventually I'm like, okay, screw it. I don't care. You kick me off fine. I'm speaking the truth. But then fast forward YouTube. And they were looking at, I guess, some of, the, some of our old tapings whereby we were speaking truth to power and we were calling them out, calling uh, YouTube out on some of the things they had done as well as Twitter and also social media platforms. So they were selectively going through, looking at different postings that we had, different tapings that we had put on YouTube. I guess they had paid some uh, woke individual sitting downstairs in a basement, I guess in their underwear, just listening to everything we have produced. And man, we had we had a, quite a compilation of work, Andrew. Right. And this was about in, I don't know, what would you say, an eight to 10 week span, span as all of a sudden they just slowly started taking down our right. videos. And you're right. We did have a compilation of work right. on there. I mean, all of our first shows that we ever did were on there. I mean, our interview with Juanita Broderick was on yeah. there. I mean, we had some important stuff on that YouTube account. Uh, when I used to go to Trump rallies, I had interviews with Patriots on the channel. There's yeah. a lot of stuff that's very disappointing that it's been taken down, but uh, I think a lot of it's been saved on a backup. So yep, uh, I have some of it. Yep. So yeah, I'll so hopefully, hopefully go through and put it, it on Rumble. Right. Hopefully it can be reposted at some point. But yeah, it wasn't really surprising with the way it's been happening these past eight to 10 weeks. Almost every other day, we were getting a notification that, hey, we've uh, deleted this video because of misinformation. And finally, it got to the point where I told Rob, I'm surprised they don't close our account at this point. Well, about a week later, they did finally just close our account. Right. They closed their account. And again, think about it. It's just you and I. I mean, so you never know how powerful your voice is until something like this happens to you. Uh, and then you know that you're striking a nerve. You know that you're resonating, that that message is getting over. For them to single you out and start looking at all of your body of work and then start to cherry pick and say, this is misinformation. Okay, what part of it was misinformation? Because we were speaking truth to power, because we were strong in our conviction. I'm a black man. I can't believe that they're censoring me. I thought we could say whatever we wanted to say. I thought black people couldn't be racist, but you can be when you're a conservative. They don't care about that. And it's such a dichotomy and a contradiction of things because you now have white people telling black people that you are a racist. You have white people calling black people the N-word and thinking that they could get away with it. You have black people uh, intimating that black, other black conservatives are Uncle Tom's. That would have never happened two decades ago. But now it's okay because you have woke, bougie Black people who've realized that, hey, we could keep this thing going. We can get Black people, we can get them to believe and think whatever we want them to believe and think, as long as we say the right thing and strike the right chord. Look at Joy Reid, a failure at her show. Her show is tanking, but she's still on. Joy Reid, who said a lot of homophobic things and then lied about it and said that someone went into her account and hacked her account. Why would they hack your account of all people and put in information, negative information about uh, gay people? Why? And she claims they're investigating. Well, that investigating investigation has never brought anything to fruition. The same way John Roberts is supposed to be investigating the leak, whoever leaked Justice Alito's initial memo on abortion. Where are we with that, John Roberts? This man should not be the chief justice. He should really bow out, but I don't want him to bow out just yet. I want him to wait until the Democrats are kicked out of power 
and the Republicans have control of both powers and hopefully the presidency. And then I want him to resign. And I want them to make Clarence Thomas the chief justice. Make Clarence Thomas the chief justice, the first black chief justice. Because believe it or not, he's serving in that role. All these years, he sat by quietly listening and watching and waiting, understanding the law and how he's going to right the wrong, the wrong that had been placed upon America for almost 50 years with this abortion rights thing. And when you look at it, the justices that passed it, they were saying, well, privacy issue. Abortion has nothing to do with privacy, absolutely nothing. Because if it did, you would take into consideration the father also. Maybe the father doesn't want his name out there that he fathered this kid. So you see, it was all smoke screens and mirror. They found a way to put it in and they put it through. Even Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg said that it has no merit. And that what they decided upon privacy and the 14th Amendment, it's like it has nothing to do with that. Abortion isn't mentioned. And then some smart ass, yes, I said smart ass, had the audacity to tweet, well, the Constitution doesn't say anything about being able to eat in privacy. Oh, yes, it does. Yes, it does. Life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. That has nothing to do with you going in and interrupting someone's meal as they did Justice Brett Kavanaugh. And then to have people paying people on Twitter to disclose where he's going to eat, he and his family and other sightings. It's just a throwback to what Nancy Pelosi said. If you see them, get around them, get around the conservatives and tell them you're not welcome. But then you got black people saying that white people are telling them that they're not welcome. All the irony of it all, the dichotomy of it all, none of it makes any sense. And I come up on here night after night after night telling that it doesn't make sense, encouraging you, asking you to share this with other people. Because the mainstream media is not going to tell you the truth. I am a black man. Andrew is a white man. And we're telling you that we're under seeds, that they don't like white Christian men. They don't like black alpha men. But you know who they do like? Men who say they can have babies. You know who they do like? Men who say that they're real women. Oh, they like them. Oh, you can see they're a dime a dozen. You see them all over. These are the people that are a threat to society. These are the people that need to be shut down. And all this debauchery needs to be forced back underground and it should have no way out. We should never let them see the light of day again. If they want to play fairy tale and fantasy world, hey, have at it. But I don't want my kids exposed to that. I don't want that in my schools. I don't want my kids having drag hour. I don't want any of that. And why should I have to have it? Why should my kids have to be exposed to it? And if you want that in public schools, then hey, give it my taxpayer dollars. Parents, think about it. Your taxpayer dollars are being used to fund this hypocrisy. It's being used to brainwash and indoctrinate kids and have kids to think that abortion is okay and that it's not murder. It's a form of birth control. No, it is not. It's another form of murder, plain and simple. And as Andrew mentioned, we have Pastor Sam Jones coming on tonight. Hopefully, if his schedule will permit, he will come on. And I want to ask him the question, why is it that churches, religious organizations, people who claim that they're followers of Christ, are preaching that abortion is okay in the pulpit? They're telling the parishioners, oh, don't you worry about that. You can have an abortion. It's your right. It's a woman's body. 
This whole thing where, oh, they're trying to take women, the rights of women's bodies. They're trying to control their bodies. That's another form of indoctrination that they have been pushing for years. And now women think that the government is trying to control their bodies. Oh, it's going to really hit those women in suburban America. Who are these women? Are there a bunch of Karens that are out there? I'm serious. Who are these women that don't have, they seem to don't be able to think for themselves, that are thinking that we're trying to control their bodies? These women in suburban America, soccer moms who have had children, you mean to tell me that they're not going to look at this and say, oh, abort the baby? You don't need that baby. You want your career. And men can have vasectomies. Okay, let the man have a vasectomy. Yeah, and how many, women, of the, how many of these outraged women live in blue states where this doesn't even affect them whatsoever, yet they're just absolutely outraged and hysterical about it? Absolutely, Andrew. See, again, they're feeding them a diet of lies. They have them thinking that it affects them, when in actuality, it doesn't. See, Andrew, this is all embedded in gay rights, LGBTQ community. I don't even want to say gay rights anymore. It's transgenderism. Transgender will be the death of this country. They will bring this country down. They will send us to hell in a basket. Transgender is wrong. It is evil. Yes, I said it. It is evil. Amen. When you're telling people that you don't know if you're a man or a woman, but you got to mutilate your body parts because you think you're this. But then you have women, I'm remove my breasts and remove all this other stuff and give me the hormone pills, but let my vagina stay intact. Don't take away my reproductive organs. Wait a minute. I thought you said that you weren't a woman. No, leave my reproductive organs. Wait, wait, wait a minute now. Wait. You just said that you weren't a woman, but you want to leave your reproductive organs intact? This is strictly from the pit of hell because the only thing they're trying to do is indoctrinate children and have children to think that a man can have a baby and he can't. If yeah. You're, if, you're, wait, if your reproductive organs are still intact, you're a woman. And I don't care how many times you try to remove your breast, how many hormone pills you take, you are still a woman and you will be that way throughout eternity. You can't change the chromosomes plain and simple. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head, Rob. And what we've seen, particularly this year during Pride Month, and some of the videos that have come out has just reinforced um, my thoughts previously, that a lot of these transgenders are just seriously mentally ill, and they're sick perverts. I know that sounds harsh, and uh, it might not be a popular thing to say, and I'm certainly not lumping in all transgenders, but these ones that participate in these drag shows and go out there and shake their butts while six-year-old kids are watching, or I've seen another one where they had like a seven-year-old girl out um, getting tips, dancing around like a stripper. I mean, this is just sick, perverted stuff that's affecting children. And quite frankly, I'm sick of it. And I don't think a lot of America has an appetite for it either. And they're not doing themselves any favors when they go out in public like this. People are sick of it, but they're afraid because their livelihoods are being threatened. If we can't protect our Supreme Court justices based upon the decision that they made, how can we protect our normal citizens? As we said on last night's show and the show before then and the show before that, the criminals rule the night. Now, I speak of night in a metaphorical type term, but they're ruling everything. They're in control. 
people are afraid of them because the law will not protect them. As I said on last the other night show, who will protect justice? Who will save justice? Merrick Garland certainly won't. I am glad every day that we missed that bullet, we dodged that bullet, and that he is not on the high courts because he would have been a disaster. Why would he protect Brad Kavanaugh? Why would he say, the Supreme Court has ruled, we must accept it? Conservatives did it for the past 50 years, we accepted it. We weren't burning down abortion clinics. Meanwhile, people who were given the abortions, they were saying, oh, we want to make certain that women can have a right to have an abortion and that it's safe. You got people who were given abortions and that were mutilating women in the inside, mutilating babies, having babies in jars. There was a picture that came out not too long ago about the, a doctor, Dr. Death, who was killing babies, allowing babies to be born, removing the fetuses from the mothers, and then putting them in jars, mummifying them. But you're telling me, oh, we want them to have it. We want them to be safe. Andrew, nothing is safe on a, a Democrat regime. Nothing at all. Yeah, well said. And it seems like uh, Merrick Garland and uh, Bill Barr before him and this attorney general uh, position, people just bring out the pitchforks because they have a lot of expectations for what people should do, follow the law. And with Merrick Garland, we've just seen him do nothing, basically, except reinforce what we already knew about the liberal Democrats is that they're just going to let these criminals keep getting away with crimes and it, we had a great show last night with madeline brame we highly recommend you guys go in the archives and check that out she's talking about how she recently was attacked on the subway and how her son was stabbed in new york city if you haven't heard that story before and his killers are back on the loose uh, you guys got to check that out it's got to be heard to be believed it's unreal what they're allowing these criminals to get away with starting now and through the month of july only in celebration of america's independence day celebration all listeners new and repeat will get 50 percent off Immune Super Boost, an incredible offer. Go to healthycell.com slash outloud and use the code America50 for 50% off Immune Super Boost. That's healthycell.com slash outloud and use the code America50. You can go on to Healthy Cell and check out all the great reviews. They've got tremendous products. Rob and I have been using them. We cannot recommend them anymore. And we also appreciate Healthy Cell for sponsoring conservative radio and America Out Loud. We'll be back with more After Dark with Rob and Andrew. This is Dr. Peter McCullough. Do you know there's no other condition that I'm aware of where vitamins and supplements make such a big difference than COVID-19? We have a, an abundance of data that we need to be replete with a variety of micronutrients, and that includes vitamins, minerals, and other substances our bodies need. I rely on Healthy Cell Super Boost. That's Immune Super Boost. It's a, a gel pack that can be taken every day. I like to do it before I exercise and before I go out. It's a wonderful supplement. It gives me the Immune Super Boost that I need. Go to HealthyCell.com, use the promotional code OUTLOUD, and get a discount on your first order. Let's get real. Let's get loud on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Many Americans worry about their health four times a day. That's 120 times per month. To minimize the worries, leading nutritional supplement company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost, an immune supplement that contains full effective doses of science-backed nutrients like vitamin C, zinc, 
elderberry, and echinacea, all in a one-a-day, pill-free, ultra-absorption ingestible gel. Supporting a strong and resilient immune system can be simple. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code AMERICA50 for 50% off any order of Immune Super Boost. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code AMERICA50 for 50% off. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe. Air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. And we're back with After Dark with Robert Andrew. Tune in the first half of our show. Andrew and I, we were just giving you a rundown as to some of the things that have been taking place in our country. One of the things that Andrew helped me to remember is that how we got, we just recently got uh, censored and booted off of YouTube for misinformation, for us speaking truth to power. If any of you would go back and listen to any of our recordings, everything that we spoke about directly from, and I'm glad to say this, from clippets or snippets from the mainstream media, things that they were saying, the contradiction, we were just calling them out. But I guess they didn't like that. So I guess they got Google to censor us. But that's okay. Our voice will continue on because you cannot silence the truth. We also talked about in some of our broadcasts about abortion and how the left are having women to think. And it's through indoctrination all these years that abortion is a woman's right and that to take it away, they're taking away their right to control their body. Never mind the fact that there's another body living inside of them. Never mind the fact that if someone were to kill this pregnant mother, they would say, you're charged with a double homicide. Never mind the fact that abortion has nothing to do with privacy. The Constitution mentions nothing about abortion. And the 14th Amendment that they were hanging their hats on, oh, that was just a misinterpretation. But we also have to be aware that while the Supreme Court struck it down, they sent it back to the states. They sent it back and say, let the people decide. So if women want to decide what to do with their bodies, why don't they go to the voting booth and decide? They didn't say you can't do it. They just say, hey, you don't have the protection under the federal government. But it is up to the states, the legislative branch, to decide. Now, all at once, people have forgotten their civic lessons. Now, they were SMEs, subject matter experts, up until that point. Now, they've forgotten everything. Oh, we don't know. We forgot all about civics. We forgot that it's the legislature branch that's supposed to make this decision, just like during the 2020 election. Yes, there was malfeasance. Yes, people cheated. Because when you have judges making decisions on how votes are supposed to be counted or judges making decisions as to who can and who can't vote, you have malfeasance. That is the responsibility of the legislative branch, is the responsibility of the judges to interpret it and to uphold it, not to make the law. But that's for a different day. I want to stick with abortion. So tonight we have on with us Pastor Sam Jones. He's been on the show with us before. And I wanted to bring him back, or we wanted to bring him back, to shed some light on a lot of things that are happening here, what the Bible says about abortion. Now, some of you say, well, what did the Bible say? Well, the Bible says thou shalt not kill, and abortion is murder. But I also want him to give us some insight or to help us understand why is it that we have Christian churches or religious groups 
that are standing behind abortion. And they're telling women, oh, it's okay. It's none of our business. I mean, to me, that sounds like false prophet. To me, it's like they're okay murder. But who am I? I'm just a radio talk show host. So again, we have Pastor Sam on to enlighten us, to give us scripture. And I would encourage all of you to stop what you're doing and to listen. Pastor Sam, how are you tonight? Thank you for coming on. Well, Rob, thank you for having me on. I'm doing well, and uh, it's always great to be here with you and Andrew. This is one of my favorite shows to uh, to come on and to uh, discuss certain things. And um, we, we really have had quite a bit going on, just as you you, you mentioned. And I really liked uh, when you were talking about the whole civics of everything, because this is something I think that's really important when it comes to abortion and uh, really to understand this. You know, we live in a republic. And as a living in a republic, uh, one of the major things about a republic is that a republic goes and says that they have the right to give the government the right to exist. So it's the people, excuse me, it's the people who give, who say that the government can't exist in a republic. It's not the government that says that the people have a right to exist. And so when it comes to the, the idea of civics, I really do think that abortion is one of the biggest and most important things, because if the uh, least among us are being told by the government that they can't exist, then really ultimately our lives are all in the hands of the civil government, and then we're no longer a republic. But as a republic, if we're going to defend the republic, uh, it is that the people give the right for the government to exist. They're the ones who enacted government. The people are the ones uh, we think of that with the Declaration of Independence, of course, with the, the the Constitution and things like that. It's it's we the people who give the government the right to exist, and not the other way around. But when abortion is allowed, it it, it does get turned on its head. Uh, but biblically speaking, of course, abortion is a major major issue. And as as you mentioned, thou shalt not murder. Uh, one of the Ten Commandments that is a, a foundation there when it comes to this, uh, but also. We think of things like Psalm 139, where it tells us that we were knit together in our mother's womb. Uh, we also think of over in Jeremiah chapter one, when uh, God goes and he tells Jeremiah uh, that, it, that it was before he was even uh, in his mother's womb that he knew him. So life even, we could say, begins before our mother's womb, but we can't recognize it uh, before that point. And so we do recognize it at conception at the earliest point possible. And that is the uh, the historic Christian position uh, is to go and to have that. And of course, to go and to, to speak up for those who have no voice uh, and to, uh, to really promote true justice, I think, and biblical justice. I think it's important to say that because social justice, of course, has become such a big thing in our society and everything today. And that's contrary to biblical justice. Uh, but we're to go and to speak up for those who don't have a voice, who are, who are downtrodden, who are literally being murdered. And, and so we're just going to speak up. So we should be speaking up and speaking out against abortion and uh, giving a voice also for the preborn. But but you do bring up a really interesting point. There are a lot of churches uh, that we've seen and a lot of religious organizations that come out and, and they they go and they'll say things like, uh, abortion isn't the, the the biggest deal, or now that Roe versus Wade is overturned, this is maybe more of the, uh, the the third way, or trying to find some middle ground here. They'll go and they'll say, well, now that Roe versus Wade is overturned, and that's a good thing, uh, we have to remember to not just care about um, life inside the womb, but now we need to start caring about uh, whole life justice 
and you need to vote accordingly. And of course, those are kind of uh, uh, dog whistles to go in to say vote for Democrats and things like that uh, when they go and they use terminology in that way. But, but why are they doing this? I think the biggest reason why these churches and these organizations are coming out and saying that it's okay uh, to have abortion is ultimately because uh, they really have fallen into a, a false gospel of social justice. And so instead of really finding their theology from the word of God, they're finding their theology from CNN and the Young Turks and things like that uh, in, in really going and in, in taking a play uh, from pushing an ideology instead of pastors, they're really community organizers. And so they're really trying to go and to get a specific ideology out there, which of course lines up with the Democrat platform. Uh, and, and that's really what I think they're ultimately pushing. And a lot of uh, Christian leaders have fallen into this and, and gone along with it because of the infiltration, uh, probably back starting in the, the 1950s, um, maybe even before that, maybe the 40s and 30s of our seminaries in um, different places like that, that really goes and in, in changes um, the teachings and, and everything else like that uh, towards, towards really Marxism and the social justice and this uh, liberal theology that's come out. And uh, it's really started to get mainstream though recently is what we've seen. And of course, with the Roe versus Wade being overturned, their fangs have started to show. I like what you said. Their fangs are starting to show. And we definitely see that. But one other thing that you uh, alluded to is the religion aspect and how people are looking at social media or the mainstream media like CNN, the Young Turks, and PMS NBC as the gospel, as their truth seers. And it's really unfortunate how people have put aside the teachings of the Bible. And when you look at the origins, when they started trying to remove God from schools, remove the Bible from schools, and you look at what started being ushering, what was ushered in, you look at what they're teaching your kids now, the indoctrination, when you see transgenders that are in our schools, you have drag queens that are coming before our kids reading to them. And it's almost as if though it's a commonplace and no one is pushing back. They're like, well, it's, it's okay. But I question and I say, well, what about grandparents coming to the schools? and reading to the students. Why can't they come? Grandparents would have a hard time getting to the school to read to the teacher. They'll have all of these, you've got qualifications before they can get there. But if it is a drag queen, drag hour, oh, let them come and let them say whatever. When you look at some of the school curricula that you see what they're teaching, I think way all the way back during the 80s and the 90s when I was in school, and I'm telling kids, talking about abortion, of why women should have the right to do certain things. That you have these teachers who want to present themselves again as subject matter experts saying, well, it's my body. We should be able to do what we want to do. And making it seem as if though this child, oh, it's just a thing, it's just a bundle of sales, having people to think that when we all know that that's not true. Now imagine this, I was having a conversation with someone and I said, now, if your dog, because I, I had a friend who was a breeder, and I think the dog got out and the dog was in heat and another male dog impregnated the dog. And I said, now, what would you do? Would you want that dog to have an abortion or kill the, the puppies that are inside? Oh, no, I, I wouldn't put my dog through that. I'm like, really? 
but you're okay with the human being going through that. Oh, well, it's just, it, it, it's, it's just a clump of cells. Look at how they have like convinced people to think that it is a clump of cells. And Pastor Sam, when you see this coming from Sunday school teachers that are saying this, they don't stumble, they don't hesitate, they will openly say, oh, it's okay, it's just a clump of sales. What has happened to the spirituality of these church leaders, of these Sunday school teachers that are pushing this kind of stuff? What has happened, Pastor? Yeah, that's an excellent question. And uh, you, you know, first of all, of course, we know it's not just a clump of cells. We know that science would go and say that uh, that at the moment of conception, that child has its own distinct DNA. It's distinct from its mother, and it has uh, its full genetic code right there uh, that is distinct from its mother. It, it, the, the cells, there, uh, they're categorically alive. They have all of the criteria for life uh, scientifically. So it is it is an unscientific statement when they go and they make this. But what has happened uh, specifically, I, I'd mentioned that idea of the infiltration in our seminaries. And then, of course, that's gone through uh, training up the next uh, church leaders. And, of course, even then reaching down to Sunday school teachers uh, through those church leaders. And one of the main infiltrator was a guy by the name of Joseph Fletcher. Uh, and, and he was in Harvard Divinity School, and he wrote this book called Situation Ethics. And if you ever read it, it's it's really a, a well-written book, no doubt, but it really comes from Hell's Printing Presses, I believe. And if you check it out, it really goes and it tries to take, replace God's ethics uh, that are there uh, given in Scripture. You know, we would go and define them simply by the Ten Commandments. You know, God says, don't do these ten things. And of course, there's positive attributes that we would pull from that, that we uh, should do positive things uh, and to replace those negative things. But, but this guy goes and tries to change that and to change it with one word. And he did this, I believe it was in 1966, maybe a 67 when he came out with this book. Uh, but it was with one word and that word is, is love. Now, love is a wonderful word. I like that word. Everybody likes that word. Uh, nobody wants to be called a hater. Everybody wants to be known for the love that they show for people. But the problem is, is that love can be a very subjective term. It doesn't have to be objective. And if you leave it uh, undefined, you know, if we go and we say biblical love is, you know, uh, not stealing from your neighbor, not committing adultery, not um, not killing your neighbor, not uh, coveting your neighbor's stuff, um, it, it, you know, all of those things, that's biblical love. But he took it and he said, well, it depends on what the situation is as to how we're going to define love. And so with this, the people have been told that all of a sudden here, specifically politically, because of course we know that uh, the, at least in the, the common theme is that Republicans are pro-life, Democrats are, are pro-baby murder. And so they're going and saying, you have to choose one of these two camps. And they'll go and they'll say, look, it is actually loving to go and to vote for a Democrat because they're going to be uh, in favor of the life of somebody who's outside of the border of our nation, as opposed to Republican who's going to be against their life. And so therefore you ought to vote for them because you know for sure they're a person, but deep down inside, they know that those who are inside the womb, of course, are people. And so they have to go and try to not make the moral equivalency, understanding that murder uh, is worse than uh, th than whatever they're claiming is happening on the other side of the border there uh, by not uh, opening our borders and letting people just come in and different things like that. And so they have to go and say that those people aren't actually alive in order to justify 
what they're trying to push and the agenda that they're trying to push. Uh, th this really started, this ethics started with Joseph Fletcher, who is also the founder of uh, bioethics and advocated for uh, abortions, get this, up to eight years old. Um, just absolutely insane kind of stuff. And, and he was a seminary professor uh, teaching many people in, in the uh, 60s and 70s when all of this started really sweeping through our nation. In fact, he became an atheist, renounced God, and still taught in the seminary for three years. Um, we, we've really been infiltrated by Marxist ideology, and we're really seeing the fruit of that uh, with the second and third generation of these teachers really coming to light as they continue to push these teachings further and further than what they were originally taught. Yeah, it's getting scary. You're tuned into After Dark with Robin Andrew on America Out Loud's iHeartRadio channel. We're available Monday through Friday at 9 Eastern, 8 Central, or 6 p.m. on the West Coast. We'll be back with more Pastor Sam Jones on After Dark with Robin Andrew. It's summertime. Ready for your vacation to the beach, the lake, or the mountains? But what about your accommodations? Ever wonder what germs were left behind by the previous guests? Kathy G. from Tulsa says the Genesis Fogger gives her peace of mind and confidence when traveling. With Genesis, she knows that the air and surfaces in her vacation rental are free of bacteria and viruses left behind by the previous occupants. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code out loud. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. All right, you've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the povidone iodine-based nasal spray, Cofix RX. They talk about it because it's a product that actually works in combating colds, flus, and coronaviruses. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. It's simple. By attacking viruses where they incubate, you make it easier for your body to heal. Check out the Cofix RX banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and save 20%. By using promo code OUTLOUD. America Out Loud beats to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, you're troubled, confused, glad, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. We are America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Okay, folks, we're on the last segment of the show. And as I said, we want to thank Pastor Sam Jones for coming on and shedding some, giving us a Christian point of view on this whole thing about abortion. And not only that, we're also going to talk about the crime that has uh, that has wreaked the country. And I always say it starts at the top and it trickles down. And I don't know how many of you view Joe Biden. I don't know how Pastor Sam views him, but I've been pretty open and transparent as my view. I don't refer to him as a president. I refer to him as being the resident of the White House and, that, and his vice resident. In my opinion, I don't want to question a person's uh, religious persuasion or how they profess to God, but I, I don't see godliness coming from this White House. Anytime you have a person at the top who's supposed to be the president and he cannot call out violence, 
and he can't say this is wrong. What you're doing to our Supreme Court justices is wrong. When he wants to demonize a certain part segment of the population and say that they're white supremacists simply because they don't buy into his ideology, to me, that is wrong. Yeah, yes, there are white supremacists that exist. Yes, there's racism. But to just go ahead, as Hillary Clinton has done, as she did before, and say they're just a basket of deplorables and say that they're white supremacists and we don't like you so that you can pander to a certain group of your constituency, Andrew, I think is wrong. Yeah, I think it's wrong also. And Joe Biden also claims to be a devout Catholic, yet he's on the opposite side of the teachings of the religion on basically every issue. Um, I'm surprised that he's even allowed to continue to go to that church there in Delaware. I have a feeling it's one of those woke churches that we were talking about with Pastor Sam that seem to be uh, popping up all over the place nowadays. Andrew, we have a lot of woke Catholics, and they're coming out and they're saying, oh, this is okay. And that is the reason why I have the question to Pastor Sam as to what are we supposed to think? What are parishioners supposed to think? No, people will say, oh, well, you know, that was back then, and we progressed, and we understand. But according to my Bible, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He's Alpha and Omega. Nothing has changed. And when people try to change it to fit them, to make them feel good, as opposed, as opposed to trying to live the body of Christ the way we're supposed to live, I think there's a problem. And as I said, you look around you and you look at the crime that has just exploded. And then when you look at our leaders, you look at Merrick Garland, who's looking the other way. They're looking at something that they say Trump has done. This man has been investigated. President, Former President Trump has been investigated. Seven ways to Sunday, 24-7, and there's still nothing there. Now, if you want to find something, oh, you're going to find it. But when you start getting our justice system, you start to weaponize them and getting them to buy into it and getting them to accept what you're saying. And you know that it's wrong. We've got a problem. And we see that biblically. It has happened. And it lets you no good in. Pastor Sam, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, Rob, that's, uh, th there's a lot going on. And just uh, your take on, on Joe Biden is exactly uh, my take. I, I, I try not to call him uh, president. I agree with you. He's just the, uh, the, the resident there in the White House. But it is, it, it is really interesting um, as to how he does go and say that he's this devout Catholic. Uh, and, and then you start to look at the fruit of his life, and it's completely contrary uh, to everything. And I mean, you can go and get into the whole, uh, where he stands on abortion. You can go and get into the, how he doesn't stand up against violence, uh, how he goes and he throws false accusations. Um, I, I will also go and say, of course, uh, maybe not in defense of Joe Biden, but, uh, in, in explanation of Joe Biden's, a lot of times by looking at his speeches, I kind of wonder, um, you, you know, the, the lights are on, but is anybody home kind of left there, uh, you know, repeat that line, uh, things like that. Uh, he he just doesn't seem to be uh, really up to the mental faculties uh, that a president ought to have. But it is an interesting thing when we go and we look at this. It does seem like within the Catholic Church, there's a huge divide uh, and a huge polarization. Some people are uh, are, are on the, the really conservative side and some people are, are not at all on the conservative side, but on that progressive side. And it does come down to that idea of your interpretation of the Bible. Um, do you believe that we should interpret culture through the lens of scripture? Or do you think that we should interpret scripture through the lens of the culture? 
And ultimately, I think there is only one right answer to that, and that is that we should interpret culture through the lens of Scripture, because Scripture doesn't change, culture around, around us changes, and so we hold on to that anchor uh, into our life as, as it doesn't change, and it stays that way. Uh, as to what it said yesterday, it's going to say tomorrow, and it's the same as what it says today. Um, but but when it comes to this, uh, there, there really is some interesting stuff uh, just with the, the violence uh, that they're, they, they seem, he seems to be okay with, or at least won't condemn with the, the threats of violence that are coming to our Supreme Court and everything like this, that. And if, of course, this is the Supreme Court, they're, they're justices. They're supposed to be uh, nonpartisan. They're, they're, in fact, the overturning of Roe versus Wade, looking at that, which is, of course, has caused a lot of this, that, that wasn't even a, uh, like a super um, religious stance or anything like that. It, they're not coming out and saying that abortion is illegal. They're just merely kicking it back to the state saying that the federal government doesn't have jurisdiction to go and to look at this. Uh, And you would think that Joe Biden uh, would understand law enough if you're a president to understand the constitution enough to go and to say, yeah, the Supreme court made the right decision, even, even with that. um, But instead he's standing up against it. uh, And of course, trying to provide means for violence to be done to the pre-born uh, through through different uh, federal executive orders and, and things like that. He's trying everything he can. So, Pastor, why do you have these ministers and overseers of churches that are kowtowing to this woke group of people as opposed to just telling them what the scripture is saying? Yeah. Uh, before Pastor Sam answers, from where I see, standing it seems like it's almost like a satanic message getting out in a lot of these churches where they're promoting this uh, gay and lesbian lifestyle and abortions and all these other things that are just completely counterproductive to the teachings of god right they're they're making it seem as if though it's okay if you're trans now the bible tells us love the person hate the sin but what we have here now you have them saying well let's let this person get up in the pulpit, let them have be over parishioners and let them speak and call me old fashioned. I think it's wrong. Now we have gay brothers and sisters. I love them dearly. I will let the Bible judge them. I will let the Bible say and call this out. But I read the other day, you had a pastor, a pretty renowned pastor. I don't remember his name saying that, you know, but Christians are only looking at one aspect of the Bible And they're trying to hang their hats on that and saying that this is wrong. And you see a lot of ministers will say this when they get caught cheating. They'll say, well, David have his concubines. So I guess they're saying that it's okay for them to have a mistress. I mean, this is how people twist the word of God, Pastor. Where is this? I mean, I know where it's coming from. It's satanic, but I want someone with a pastor to tell our listeners what's happening here. Yeah, absolutely. So it, it is the doctrines of demons. And, and it does tell us uh, in, in 1 Timothy that, uh, that there will come a time when uh, people will be given over to doctrines of demons. And I think that we're seeing that it very much is uh, demonic doctrines. And of course, there are some of these uh, actors who are, are evil and they're, they're trying to go and to justify um, the evil that they believe and that they hold to and that they're trying to promote uh, in, in going in, in doing that. And so I think that's some of it. And then I think there's two other sides that really kind of come and they either, uh, uh act cowardly towards the evil that's here, or they, they support it. Um, and so you have those who support it 
And I think that they support the evil simply because they really care about popularity. And I, th- I think it is true to say that pretty much nobody goes into ministry. Maybe there's a few exceptions to this, but pretty much everybody goes into ministry because they really do like people. And so in liking people, they like to be liked by people as well. And so they see what the popular thing uh, is or what they're perceiving as the popular thing. And so they do go and try to uh, you know, stick their finger up and see which ways the winds are blowing and going and making those uh, those judgment calls and those decisions and things like that based upon uh, the idea of popularity. Now that's wrong of them, um, but I do think that that's there is a category that that does that. I think there's another category uh, as well as you kind of mentioned those who will go and say, you know, well David had his concubines, uh, so I get to have my mistress or or whatnot. But instead of uh, it actually being a, a mistress in the way that we think, I think that a lot of them are caught up in pornography and they're caught up in, in other secret sins like that. And so that they don't feel like they can actually go in to speak out against the sin that's happening um, that, that's happening out in our culture around them because they would make them feel hypocritical. And so instead of going and calling out the sin, they either remain silent on the issue uh, or they actually end up going in, going on the other side of saying, you know what, we just shouldn't judge anybody. We just shouldn't do do any of this. We shouldn't go and say that anybody's wrong um, simply because, you know, I've got my sin that I'm holding on to here. I mean, they're not saying that, but the, that's what they're doing. They're holding on to their sin and they're hoping that nobody takes the light of God's word and shines it on their life. You're right. And that's what I see that a lot of them are doing. And it's most unfortunate. So what would your advice be to someone who's sitting under the leadership of a pastor who has gone woke and that person starts to say things that they know that just aren't biblical, what would you advise them to do? Yes. So first of all, I would go and and ask them to go and to talk to that leader, to that pastor, and to get some clarification and to uh, discuss that with them. Because I think that's that's important. Sometimes uh, there's some misunderstandings and, and things like that. So it is important to go into uh, do, you know, do your due, due diligence. But uh, beyond that, the next thing I would suggest for them to do would be go to enemieswithinthechurch.com. And at enemieswithinthechurch.com, there's a contact section, and uh, they, they will be able to go into contact through email. And the team over there at Enemies Within the Church, it's got some different uh, things like Wokipedia. Uh, you can go and find out um, who some of the big names of, of those who are woke and that's that's being added to. Um, weekly uh, there, but you you can go and contact them and you can find out where there are good, solid churches, hopefully in your area. Uh, and uh, that, that team there at Enemies Within the Church can really go and help you find a, a good, solid biblical church uh, to go and to move to where you can be fed the word of God. Wikipedia, I love that. Pastor Sam, after the uh, Roe versus Wade uh, ruling came out, uh, there was a lot of talk throughout the country. What did you tell your congregation uh, when you went in? Was it more of like a celebratory thing or uh, what was the message? I think people are interested. Yeah, that's that's a great question because you saw all kinds of, uh, kinds of uh, reactions to this and all over on the spectrum. So, so we, we have an, an interesting or I have an interesting perspective on this where it's definitely uh, something that we rejoice in, right? It, it's, it's, it's great, but I, I don't think that we needed Rove uh, to be overturned or, or Dobbs uh, to be overturned in order to go and 
uh, end abortion because I don't think that judges make laws. It's legislators who make laws. And so we could have actually legislated this. We didn't need that. But it is great to get that out of the way so that uh, legislators can quit hiding behind Roe versus Wade. So there was a, a great rejoicing in that. But this is what I told my people. I said, this is great news, but I want you to be aware that this is closer to the beginning of the battle than it is the end of the battle for abortion. We need to, uh, this is really a call to go and to push our legislators uh, for the laws that they need to make and to push the executive branch to go and to uphold this uh, law for a just law. So, uh, for example, Iowa, about a week before Roe versus Wade, and I'm, I'm from Iowa, that's, that's why I'm using them as an, using the state as an example. Uh, there was a, a state Supreme Court decision that was made and struck down basically Iowa's version of Roe versus Wade. But if that hadn't happened before Roe versus Wade was overturned, Iowa actually would have gone up to um, abortion up to birth, even though it's you know completely a red state. That's where they would have initially gone with that. Now, fortunately, uh, we didn't go there and we've stayed at the 20 weeks, um, where, which is where we're at, but we're, we need to go and to push it to get it uh, even further and to, to ban abortion and, and to abolish abortion. Um, but our, our perspective was we're rejoicing, but there's a lot of work to do. Pastor, as we get, get ready to close out this show, a question for you. Is there hope for all these woke individuals? that are leading us down a downward path to nowhere. I mean, they're, they're strong in their convictions. They think that what they're saying, what they're doing is right. But clearly, when you look at the Bible, it's not. Is there hope for Joe Biden? Is there hope for Kamala? Is there hope for America? Can we turn this thing around before it's too late? Absolutely. I, I think that there is great hope that we have. Um, the Apostle Paul, of course, before he was uh, the Apostle, he was the persecutor of the church. He was literally dragging Christians either to jail or to kill them or to go and to pick them up. When, when Jesus Christ uh, struck him and opened, well, he, he blinded him, but he, did, he really opened his eyes ultimately, and he did come to Jesus Christ. And so I do think that there's hope. In Psalm 139, it talks about how we're knit together in our mother's womb, but it also goes and it says that I hate those um, who, who are against the Lord. And, and I hate them with a perfect hatred. Well, that perfect hatred that we have uh, of these kind of people are a hatred of the old man, which ultimately means that we're trying to bring the new man that Jesus Christ brings through uh, the sacrifice that he gave on the cross and through his resurrection. And I, I believe that as long as, as the church is here, as long as there are people who can go and speak out and will speak out and will proclaim the word of God and what is right and what is wrong, I believe that there is hope for America that people will turn back to Jesus Christ, that people will turn away from their wicked ways and they will go towards what is right and righteous. But it's only through that proclamation that Jesus Christ came down and he died on the cross for our sins. He was buried and he rose again and whosoever believes in him shall be saved. Amen. Pastor Sam Jones, thank you so much for joining us. We always appreciate you taking the time to join us. Uh, if people want to hear more from you, what's the best spot they could do go to could do so? Yeah, so the uh, the best spot right now, I, I actually, I just joined that Enemies Within the Church team. And so if you go to enemieswithinthechurch.com, that's probably the best place to go and hear from me. We're going to be launching a radio show here in a couple of weeks. 
And so uh, you, you should be able to go and to find out more right there at enemieswithinthechurch.com. Excellent. So check out enemieswithinthechurch.com. Thank you for joining us on After Dark with Robin and Andrew on America Out Loud, which is available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you stream. Please like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star review. Or go to americaoutloud.com where you can click the Listen Live tab for 24-7 talk radio. We'll see you guys next time. And remember, stand for something or fall for nothing.